It is so awesome to be with you guys. We have waited for this moment. We've held you in our hearts so highly as we have prayed, as we prepared. And uh, maybe we want to ask you a question. Do you believe it in love at first sight? Well, I want to say it's true. When we came in here and started to interact, tree of lifers with southern lifers, it was love at first sight. You know, there's something so powerful when the church prays together. And we were just praying with a whole bunch of southern lifers and I just thought, wow, isn't this amazing? Instantly, there's a heart connection. We've never met each other before. And yet we stand in Jesus' name and we start lifting up his name. And their love for one another is so powerful. You find it amazing that you can go anywhere in the world and walk into a church gathering. It's not, the church is not a meeting. It's a people and instantly be family. Isn't that incredible? So different to the world. We have so many blessings in Jesus. Well, guys, thank you so much for the welcome. Uh, we believe in unity and just hearing it again and again. Where is Alex? Alex, bless you. Thank you for the opportunity. And what has been cherished in our hearts is a stand together for, for Jesus in unity in the city. Um, it's been something that we've held in our hearts a tree for many, many years. And uh, just to, to feel the love where it is real. Um, I, I believe it is going to be more and more important as we traverse the coming days. The church should always have been in unity, but let's just be real. There's always been comparing, competing, criticizing. Guys, let's make a commitment in our heart today. That there is a new resolve within us. We're coming into unity, not just by a pattern of prayer, but by the way that we hold each other in love right through the week. And so... It is special, it's just some connections, um, Don and Heather, where are you? Right here in the front. Just want to honor them. What has been so special is that Leanne and I met Don and Heather some 19 years ago, and so the connections are strong. We also have the great privilege of having their son and daughter-in-law in our church, Paul and Tracy, and so the connections go that way as well. And then another thing that is just worth mentioning and just precious in my heart, like the Tree of Lifers know, um, I have a commitment, again, not just to pray, but wherever we drive to hold the church high in our hearts. So wherever I'm driving in Adelaide, if I drive past a church, I lift my hand and I pray and I release blessing, release blessing. And unbeknown to me, every Thursday and Sunday as I make my way down to Brighton, I drive past this little church called the Southwest Baptist Church. And I prayed for this church, not knowing anything about this church for years now, only to discover that Sarah's dad leads the Southwest Baptist Church. And so God is doing something amazing. Won't you stand with me for just a, a minute or two and join your hearts. Let's lift hands together and let's just pray for unity. Let's just pray for the church that is meeting all over Adelaide right now. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you love unity. In fact, Lord, there you command, you command, you command blessing. And so that the church right now receives blessing because we stand in unity. I thank you that unity grows. I thank you it's not just a word, but it's a reality. I thank you for the fruit of unity. And something is so significant about this day as we make a fresh resolve in our hearts. We're gonna stand together. We're gonna stand together. We're gonna love one another. We're gonna uphold the body of Christ. And so right across our city and nation, as churches meet, Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your power. Come on, let's pray together for the presence and power in this place. The anointing of God, Lord, we ask that you would increase. 
Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. Father, we need you. We need your anointing. I pray a fresh fire. Thank you that you light up the words. Thank you for transformation today. Thank you that we walk out of here different, not by our own doing, Lord, not by our own decision making, but a decision under the anointing and power of Holy Spirit. Won't you shout amen and amen. Bless you. Thank you. You may take your seat. John the Baptist was a burning lamp. Oh. He was a blazing torch. He was a voice in his generation. He is a voice crying out in the wilderness, make ready a way for the Lord. Make the way, make straight paths in the desert. He was a voice. And Jesus said of him, there was no one greater than John the Baptist under the old order. He was the high watermark. But in the new, Jesus says the least in the kingdom is greater than John. Is that powerful? A number of months ago, as I laid my hand, I had the privilege to pray over Alex and, and Sarah. And as I laid my hand on, on Sarah's womb, I heard myself praying something so wonderful. The same thing that was declared over John the Baptist. Let this little child of promise, the son, be filled with Holy Spirit from the womb. Be born out of the Spirit of God. And as I was preparing for this day, that has been, again, so, just so high, so rich in my heart. Guys, John the Baptist and the words spoken over John just rose within me. And I believe what I'm going to release tonight or this morning. You're going to hear me probably stumble tonight because we meet in the night. I'm used to saying tonight. What I released this morning is not only a word for this house, but it is particularly for this house. It is also a timeless word, a universal word in the sense it, it, it is for the body of Christ. But God lit this word up in my heart for you, Southern Life. Um, and, and so I'm going to invite you to cherish this, mix it with faith. And um, as I said to Alex, um, if you want to, you are welcome to take what I share and develop into a series we have and uh, it, it is incredibly, incredibly powerful. Um, John the Baptist was not only wild, not only a voice, not only filled with Holy Spirit. Guys, there was something ordained on his life for the time that he is living in. And I believe more than ever before, as I said, should there be unity, the church needs to be a voice in our generation, in our time. The church has to rise, rise and shine for your light has come. Darkness, thick darkness is over the earth, but the Lord rises upon you. You and I, guys, it's time for us to be a voice. Of John the Baptist, it was prophesied seven things. And each of those seven things that were that was prophesied over John the Baptist. Each of those seven guys pertain to the church. And again, Southern Life, I hold these seven things before you because I, I believe they are prophetic for you right now at this time. It happened this way. There was this one time where Zechariah, John's father, was serving in the temple. Guys, it was another ordinary day. An ordinary day that would become extraordinary, but he didn't know it. He was just being faithful with what was in his hand for that day. Is that awesome? 
There's something on that. Guys, just continuing with what God has placed in our hands. Being faithful, not knowing what's coming, but just being somebody who is reliable, dependable, and getting on with it. Faithful in the day, and then the suddenness of God break out. It happened this way. It says, whilst the worshipers were gathered outside praying, there's something on that. Can I actually just camp on this for, for a moment? Jesus has a design for his church. Jesus' design is that the church would always gather together. The devil used the corona craziness to try and scatter and divide and keep the church, keep the church, and try and convert the church into what I've called couch Christianity or cappuccino Christianity, where I sit back on my lazy boy and I flick the channel and I listen to the preachers that I want to listen to. I feed myself with my whims and fancies and I leave just the few scattered remnants to gather together when Jesus' design has been no assembled. Do not forsake the gathering of the believers. One flock, one shepherd. Hands being laid. The presence of God standing together to lift his name and sitting under the word of God. God purposed an assembly. And it's interesting that whenever the church prayed in the New Testament, mighty things happened as you guys have discovered, heard some of the testimonies. And so it says that the worshipers were assembled outside and they were praying. And in that moment, not any angel, guys, a highest, the highest order angel, the angel Gabriel, he appears to Zechariah. Interesting, what, what does Zechariah mean, anybody? He remembers. Zechariah is married to Elizabeth. Elizabeth's name is God promises. God promises and he remembers. And Gabriel appears to announce the birth of this promised boy. Elizabeth couldn't have a baby, but there was a promise. There was a word that was spoken. They held on to it. And the angel Gabriel uh, uh, um, appears to announce the birth. And of course, like every true encounter with an angel, the first thing the angel says is fear not. Everyone seeing angels today, I'm longing for the days of biblical encounters with angels where you're shivering and shaking on the carpet and the first thing that happens is fear not. What transpires is Gabriel goes on to not only announce the birth of John. John's name means God is gracious. God promised, God remembers, and he is gracious. Oh, I love this. And he starts to prophesy over John. Are you ready, guys? If you're writing notes, these are the seven things that you want to capture. A live rhema for this church right now. God prophesies over John the very same things uh, are pertinent for the church. The first thing he says is he will be filled with Holy Spirit from birth. The second thing he says he will be a great joy and a delight to many. The third thing that he says, he will be great in the sight of the Lord. The fourth thing he says is, he will lead many back to the Lord. He will come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Turning the hearts of children to their fathers, fathers to their children. And the seventh, and he will make ready a people for the Lord. Are those things amazing? Guys, let, let, let me just take a few moments. I don't want to get stuck here. There's some, somewhere that God wants to take us this morning, and it's going to be incredibly powerful. 
part of what I hold high in our heart, apostolic ministry includes power and pattern. And so that's why I humbly submit to you, Alex, that if it's in your heart, that you would develop something of the pattern that God has given the church, as John the Baptist is a picture of the church, John ushered in Jesus' first coming, the church will usher in Jesus' second coming. Come on. John pointed to Jesus, the church points to Jesus. This is powerful this morning. I really feel to say this, that God is birthing something powerful. There's a double birthing that's going on. And I found that very significant, Alex, as God moved my heart to pray over Nathaniel, which means gift of God. The release of John the Baptist, like a John the Baptist anointing, the grace of God, who would be a voice in his generation. Something is being birthed clearly in your home, but a second thing is being birthed in this home, the house of God, at the very same time. And I believe that there is a wildness, there is a fieriness, there is a boldness to be a voice in our generation at this time. Come on, so let's take each of those and let's just break those down. The first thing that was prophesied is that John the Baptist would be filled with Holy Spirit from birth. How many of you guys know that when we were born again in Jesus, we were filled with the person of Holy Spirit? I want to make this very, very clear. I'm not talking about, in this moment, the baptism of power, which is to do with, again, boldness, tongues, etc. Sometimes the Lord can bring it at the same time. But I'm talking about the indwelling of the person that is different to the release of God's power. Why I'm saying that is because there have been some uh, uh, false theologies out there is that you're only saved if you speak in tongues. I'm not referring to that, uh, to that uh, this morning. What I am referring to is that salvation is not a matter of putting up our hands and repeating a prayer. Salvation is a matter of you're either dead or you're alive in Christ Jesus. And it is only Holy Spirit that can make you alive in Christ Jesus. Breathes into our spirit, man. It's like he takes the fibrillators of heaven and whoosh, he brings our spirit and makes us alive. He takes the power of the finished work of the cross and he imputes and imparts it into our life. Everything that Jesus won, that sanctification, when it says that the sanctifying work of Holy Spirit is not Holy Spirit separate work. It's the very sanctifying work of Jesus that Holy Spirit imputes into our life. Come on, somebody. We are raised with Christ by Holy Spirit. We are made one with Jesus by Holy Spirit. Come on. We are seated with Christ. How? It's by Holy Spirit. You receive an identity as a son and a daughter by Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is vital in the salvation experience. In actual fact, you can write this one down. Romans chapter 8, I forget the verse. It says this, if you do not have the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, you are not in Christ. I can confirm it another way. John chapter 3, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, he says this. You cannot be born again unless you receive Holy Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You cannot enter the kingdom. You cannot see the kingdom unless you're born again. Not of water, a natural birth, but born of the spirit of God. Come on, I think we've laid that egg this morning. Guys, you and I were born of Holy Spirit we were filled with the beautiful person of Holy Spirit in a moment. 
that we were born again in a moment of salvation. The reality of the work of the person, and I'll get to it, and the power of the Holy Spirit is going to become more and more vital in Southern Life Church in this day and going forward. Strap yourself in. This ride is about to get so wild. You see, guys, the only way that we can overcome darkness is by the light. The only way that we can advance and establish the kingdom of God is by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God comes through Holy Spirit and His power. It is not our government. It is not our strength, ability, intellect, or acumen. It is by the power of the Spirit. It is not by our strength or might, the Word says, but it is by the Spirit. We don't want to operate in the flesh at any level. Everything needs to be done through and in the person and the power of Holy Spirit. Isn't this so good? I could just keep on preaching. That's the first thing. He was born of Holy Spirit from the womb. He was filled with Holy Spirit, and so have you, and so have I been filled. The second thing is that it was prophesied over John and now released over you this morning that you will be a great delight. You will be a joy to many. Guys, how many of you guys know that God never purposed us to be Mr. Grumpy Pants to those out there? God purposed you and I to be a joy. How do I know that? Because it speaks about the joy of my salvation. When I realize and it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, where every day I hold and cherish that in my heart, guess what? Joy rises within me effortlessly. I'm not winding myself up to be joy. No, it rises as I'm walking in intimacy with the person of joy. I've been made one with the person of joy through Holy Spirit. I can cut it another way. Isaiah 61, it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Wait for it. And beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise. Come on, guys, you and I are joy dispensers. You and I are joy conductors. We're just like joy fire hydrants. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. We have joy within us. And so in this time when the world is in fear and trembling and shaking, you and I have been positioned through Holy Spirit to bring joy. The third thing that was prophesied is that, that John would be great in the sight of the Lord. I want to say you sitting here this morning are great in the sight of the Lord. Not great in the sight of the world. Not as the world d- defines greatness. No, as Jesus would define greatness. As Jesus pointed and he said, you want to become great? You want to know who's greatest in the kingdom? Become like a little child. Just faith, not all heady and there's nothing wrong with intellect and what I call uh, cranial Christianity. There is a place for studying and searching things out. But ultimately, guys, God has called us to this light, this free, this childlike, this innocent. In actual fact, Heidi Baker, anyone know Heidi Baker? She's got this one phrase that she says, I'm growing up to become like a child. And I love that. It's like, oh man, I just feel there's a simplicity of faith, joy, lightness, love there. Come on. But David, in Psalm 18, he proclaims this after a whole lot of, um, and, and he will, and he does, and you, and you, and you, speaking of God. 
speaking of how you, you strengthen my arms, you enable me to bend a bow of bronze, goes on and he says this, you stoop down and you make me great. Guys, I believe there's a place in humility that we all need to embrace that we are here for a purpose. There is a great call on our lives. If there wasn't, Jesus would have saved us and literally from that moment of salvation, rescued us straight into heaven to keep us from stumbling, falling, blowing it, being a mess, being all over the place or, no, no. We have a destiny on our life where God has purposed us to carry influence, to carry power, to reveal Him, to extend the kingdom, to make disciples of all nations. You were born again of an incorruptible, imperishable seed. No, 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 you didn't get that. Close your eyes. A seed that cannot be corrupted. A seed that cannot perish. The seed of Christ. There is destiny, there is purpose, there is greatness that has been placed. You are not here. Come on, I want you to get that. I just want to pray right now. Holy Spirit, I just pull down every lie of the devil. There's a discouragement here, discouragement, there's a second guessing. In Jesus' name, I just pull that down. It's not over all of us. I'm just praying for a, a number. I just see it over you right now. There's a hopelessness. You feel like you amount to nothing. Just give Jesus your heart right now. Father, thank you for a divine turnaround. Come on, that's it. I can feel it warming up. Just open your heart. Just say, Father, I choose to believe. No matter how hopeless my situation has been, no matter how discouraged, I feel like I haven't amounted to anything. From today, that changes. From today, that changes. Guys, it starts with belief. Come on, let's just celebrate the Lord in this moment. Father, I thank you that greatness is on my life. Thank you that greatness is on my life. I just want to pause here. I'm just working this in. And, it, and just excuse me, this is how I preach because I, I'm not just here doing a talk. This is not here doing a TED talk or a little speech. I'm here to minister and to facilitate a transforming work of Holy Spirit. Come on. And if some people are stuck at a point, it's not all of us. They're just one or two. And, and be excited because today's your day of breakthrough. If you want to partner, you can walk out of here changed and transformed today. But you've got to give Jesus your yes. Even if it's a mustard seed of, of faith, guys. Give him your belief. I choose to believe. Here's what I'm saying. Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe it's true? I'm speaking to those that are struggling right now. Those that are in hopelessness, those that have had, I just feel like there's been a pattern in a number of things that have happened and you're struggling right now to believe. I just wanna ask you this, I'll help you with faith. Do you believe the word of God? Yes, you do. Do you believe it's true? Yes. So would the word be true for most people, but not true for you? No, the word is true. So just close your eyes again. So Father, I thank you for this moment right now. If you've been struggling, tonight's your breakthrough. This morning's your breakthrough. Open your heart. Father, I choose to believe this purpose on my life. I choose to believe that I'm not excluded from greatness. I thank you, Lord. bless you. If that's you, just continue to embrace and keep your heart open so the Holy Spirit can start to water that seed. Bless you. I'm so proud of you. This is good. This is good. It was prophesied over John that he would bring many back to the Lord. That same word 
is for this house. God has purposed that this house would reap a harvest in this territory. And can I say, not just this region, beyond. We've been called to make disciples of all nations. I love Australia. We're a nation of many nations. You can hear my funny accent. But there are many funny accents in this nation of many nations. You've been purposed. You've been called to bring back many to the Lord. Guys, it's time to shine. It's time to be a shining star in a crooked and a depraved generation. It's time to be a city on the hill. It's time. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Like my wife often says, Jesus is not going to parachute in and do it for us. No, Jesus has done it for us already on the cross. It's time that you and I step in and say, Father, I take hold of what you've taken hold of me for. It is time to rise and it's time to shine. Is anybody with me? Come on. This is so good. Praise God. Okay, now I'm going to go after a, one of my favorites. It's said of John that he would come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Oh, Dex, hang on. This is where it gets a bit wonky and weird. The spirit and the, it's in the Bible, but let me explain it. It's not some other spirit. It's not some weird spirit that Elijah had. No, the same Holy Spirit that was on Elijah is on you and I. The same Holy Spirit is on Jesus. The same Spirit of God. When it says He'll come in the Spirit and the power of Elijah, it's saying the same things that Elijah walked in by the person and power of Holy Spirit is available to you and I. Come on, John the Baptist, a picture of the church. John the Baptist ushering in Jesus' first coming. The church ushering in Jesus' second coming. Is this a powerful word? Man. And so, if you want to again... Why don't you go and do a study? 1 Kings 17, 18, 19. Write that down. Come on, all of us have got phones here. You all know you're champions, much better than I. Smart devices. Write down these scriptures. 1 Kings 17, 18, and 19. Go and do a study on what was the power that Elijah walked in. Because that power is for me. Can I wet your taste buds just very quickly a little teaser guys it's the power to stand before kings it's the power to bring the word of the lord and the word to release power it's the word to release heavenly resources on the earth as it is in heaven it's the it's the power to multiply remember the oil and and the flour the widow does anyone thought about gee the whole fat the whole place is in a famine why does god not send elijah to one of the wealthy to the one of the ones that can't afford it, one of the landowners. Gee, that was a bit harsh. Aussie, Aussie language, this is a bit harsh. It's a bit harsh. He sends her to the poorest widow. Like of all those that could provide, why does he send Elijah to the widow? Like I, because guys, he's setting up an encounter where he wants to bring breakthrough and then multiplication. Come on, his ways are not our ways. I feel that's a word for somebody. Somebody here is struggling on the ways of God. Lord, this doesn't seem fair. I want to ask you, if you will, don't ask God the why question. Sometimes it leads us into a road of doubt. I remember Todd White saying that to me very clearly. He's standing in my kitchen. And I said, hey, hey, Todd, can I just ask you something? Why do you think? And he said, whoa, Derek. Whoa, Derek, no. Don't do that. He said, you're opening a door of doubt, didn't you? 
he was strong. I said, no, no, bro, you don't understand. I just, I don't have many people to speak to. I need a perspective here. He says, no, you don't understand me. I said, you're opening a door for doubt. Terrible accent, hey. You're opening a door for doubt. You're opening a door for the devil. Guys, there are some things that we don't understand. But trust him. Trust him. And so he sends Elijah to this widow. Come on, can you give me some bread? This is her last little oil, last little bread. Not knowing that as she steps out in faith, her bread and oil are just about to never run over in their supplies. It's amazing. Come on, the power of Elijah. I won't go on too long. Um, the power to release fire, the power to demonstrate God with, with signs and wonders and miracles is for the church. These signs will follow you. Come on, guys. The power to raise up the next generation. Dex, why doesn't it say it's the power of Elisha? Because Elisha did double the amount of miracles. His, the anointing that he was a double anointing. Shouldn't he have said, Elisha, no, the power that Elisha walked in was the power of Elijah, was the power of Holy Spirit. The power to recognize and the power to raise up the next generation. This is a good word. It goes on to say that, John, you will restore fathers to the children, children to the fathers. Guys, it's one of the greatest gifts that you and I have been given, the ministry of reconciliation, restoring sons and daughters to the Father. Guess what Jesus came ultimately to do? Do you know that dying on the cross for our sin, as powerful as that is, infinitely valuable. Did you hear me say that? Infinitely. No one sent me an email or, no, guys, infinitely valuable. But it's not the final destination. Jesus came to deal with our sin that we could get on with our true identity. Jesus came ultimately to reveal the Father. Not sure, John 17. Father, I have revealed you. Jesus ultimately came to remove every definition of division that would stop us encountering the Father. Does your Bible say Jesus is the way to heaven? Or does it say Jesus is the way to the Father? Come on, come on, come on. That anointing is on this church to restore children to their fathers. Come on. I'm going I'm to land um, with, with this and then we're going to go into the, the pointy end. To make ready a people from the Lord. That's the seventh thing is prophesied. Write that down. So the seven things you can develop as a church. I believe it's a word for you. Make ready a people. Guys, Matthew 28, the very last chapter of Matthew. Don't let that shape your understanding and your theology with regards to the core of the church. Just because it's the last chapter right at the end, it's not an add-on. When Jesus gave you and I the commission, it is front and central to the church. It's a centerpiece of the gospel. Go and make disciples of all nations. Leanne and I are here with this funny accent because we've responded to that call. I left a career in civil engineering. We've left our mums and dads. We have no physical family, but we have an amazing family right here before us to disciple the nations. I'm not saying that you have to leave Australia and go somewhere, but I'm saying all of us are called to disciple the nations. Come on. So you can develop that, but now I want to give you what I believe is the empowering part and the most precious part. I felt the Lord say this to me. 
for the church to be a John the Baptist generation, being a forerunner to Jesus, ushering in his second coming. You and I need to hold the same revelation that John had of Jesus because it is all about Jesus. John the Baptist, his whole life was given to preparing the way for Jesus, proclaiming Jesus, pointing towards Jesus. And so I won't preach on all of these. Maybe I'll just touch on three, but I'll give you all seven. Very quickly, write these down. Southern Life, if you are going to rise to become a John the Baptist, Revela- uh, 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 John the Baptist Church, a fiery and a wild voice at this time, I believe just like John, you and I, we need to recognize Jesus, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Secondly, we need to recognize we are unworthy to even untie his sandals. Thirdly, we need to recognize Jesus is the one who comes and baptizes, with, baptize, baptizes us with Holy Spirit and fire. Number four, his winnowing fork is in his hand. And he will clear the threshing floor. And he will scatter and separate the chaff from the wheat. Guys, do you know that the, in Ephesians 4, it speaks about the fivefold gift, brings us to the full measure of the stature of Christ. You can't just take the one part of Jesus that we love. He's my savior, he's my redeemer, he's my healer, he is. But guys, he also has a winnowing fork in his hand. And I think you guys have seen what I've seen, starting from the cr- crazy corona days. God has started to bring a separation of the wheat and the weeds, the chaff and the wheat, the sheep and the goats, the good fish and the bad fish. Have you guys seen that? I believe that the Lord spoke a word into my heart and said, I'm bringing a divine distinction. I'm going to, darker is going to get darker and the bright is going to get brighter. It's Isaiah 60, arise, shine for your light has come. Remember, darkness, thick darkness over the earth, but the Lord rises on his people. You're going to see darker get darker, but the bride get brighter. Not automatically you and I have an opportunity. Step out and step in. Start to arise and shine. He has a winning fork in his hand. It goes on to say that um, the revelation that John had, I think it's about the fourth or the fifth, it says that the bride, the church, the bride, belongs to the bridegroom. Not ours. Secondly, Jesus is the bridegroom king. He's not only the one with the the threshing. uh, uh, He's not only the lamb of God. He is the bridegroom king. Is that powerful? Oh, it just makes me go soft inside. It says he was given Holy Spirit without limit. And all things were placed under his hand. I want to land on this one thing tonight. We receive the word. We receive our identity. We receive our salvation. Just like the disciples were with Jesus. I want to ask you, is being with Jesus enough? Sadly, it's not. Because the same disciples that were with Jesus. Let's take Peter. Peter, who was with Jesus when Jesus sent out the 12. And they preached the kingdom and they healed the sick. Was Peter with the 12? Yes, he was. Was Peter with the 72 when they went out? And it says now even demons are submitting to them in Jesus' name. Was Peter with them? Did Peter uh, operate in power? Was it his own or was it a borrowed anointing? It was a borrowed. It was a delegated. 
Peter was with Jesus through the feeding of the 5,000. He was with Jesus under the most incredible, I submit to you, the best teaching in the whole world. He was with Jesus on the mountain, but still somehow it was not enough because that same Peter abandoned Jesus. That same Peter denied Jesus. That same Peter went back fishing. And so Jesus standing on that mountain with that amazing Matthew 28 text. It's the last time he's going to see the disciples in the flesh. After the charge, the commission to go and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, he then says something strange. He's commissioned. He said, reach out. He said, preach out. But then he says, wait. Wait in the city until you receive the gift my father promised. And when you receive Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outer parts of the earth. Guys, we have everything that we need, but it is the beautiful person of Holy Spirit that, re that releases power. The person and the power are different, but you cannot separate them. And so Jesus, in his glorified state, he walks in through those locked doors when the disciples are having the fear meeting, when he's risen from the dead. And he settles everybody with peace and he says these words. So now exactly the same as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And he breathes the person. And then he says, wait in Acts chapter 2 for power. And as they were gathered, 120 in that upper room, you know what happened? Wind and fire filled the room. And it says they were all filled. And the same Peter that could not even stand up to a young servant girl, now with several thousand devout Jews rushing at him, stands up under the full power of Holy Spirit and preaches the gospel with such power and penetration. 3,000 are saved right there and then. That, my friends, is the power of Holy Spirit. That what make, that's what makes the difference. When he comes, he'll baptize with Holy Spirit and fire. Won't you stand with me and just start to pray in your heavenly language. Start to stir up your heart as we trust God the fire, it was not John the Baptist's power. It was not his fire. He was a burning lamp, a burning light, but that was not his fire. It was the power of Holy Spirit. Come on, tonight is your breakthrough. This morning is your breakthrough. This morning is your breakthrough. Won't you lift your hands, everyone. Everyone lift your hands. Father, I just thank you for the authentic and the real this morning. Nothing weird, nothing wacky. Everything based in the Bible as I've taken time to lay it out from the Scripture. And I thank you, Lord God, for a new release of Holy Spirit fire. Come on, louder in tongues. That's it. Your heavenly language. Father, we need your power. We need your Holy Spirit fire. It is not by our strength. It is not by our might. It is by your Holy Spirit fire and power. So, Lord, a fresh anointing for this church to rise, to be a voice in this generation. I pray, Lord God, for a new empowering. As the power runs out, we pray for a new empowering, a fresh empowering. 
a fresh endowing of power. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name more. If you're hungry in this place and you want a touch of God, won't you just come up to the front very, very quickly. Some of the guys just help me get these tables out the way. Just very quickly, you're wanting a touch of God. You're wanting the fire of God. Keep praying in tongues. Yeah, come on. Just come on. You can see the Holy Spirit moving on you. Guys, the easier that you receive, the more open that you receive, the more significantly you receive. The Tree of Life team are all our leaders. You can trust them. There is nothing. I want to just settle you. If you're not sure what's going on right now, it speaks about the baptism of power given by the laying on of hands. I don't want anybody to be fearful here this morning thinking, oh, something funny can jump on you. Nothing can jump on you unless you partner with something sinful, something out of order. Guys, everything is done in the blood of Jesus and the covering of Jesus. This is significant that you would receive power as the book of Acts describes. And so thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody, just keep praying. Even if, you, um, if you're not up front, just keep praying. Maybe if you're sitting in your seat, look for somebody and ask Holy Spirit to show you someone and just pray for them. Just pray for them. More, Lord. More fire. More the release, the release of your anointing.